0: Welcome back to the Mindset Reload. I am your host, John Robertson. And on today's bonus episode, I want to share with you a podcast with my buddy, Keith Osment with Omni Wellness Studios, where I was asked to make a guest appearance a couple weeks ago. We were able to talk about business, the struggles of business, the ups and downs in life, how to become more organized, parenting, relationships, and much, much more. I hope you guys tune in and check out this episode. Let us know what you think. When shopping for affordable and customizable insurance coverage, look no further than Rustic Ridge Insurance Services of Rome, Georgia. Rustic Ridge Insurance Services specialize in small business and farm insurance, as well as personal auto and property needs. Now serving Georgia and Alabama, contact Rustic Ridge Insurance Services at 706-622-2484. That's 706-622-2484. Call now to protect your assets.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Omni Wellness Studio, hosted by Keith Osmond and Ali Rico. Through this podcast, we hope to bring you inspiration, knowledge, and strength through hearing about our experience and others that will help you win each day in life, business, and fitness. We are back back again another one today i got a special special guest in the house john robertson what's up man
0: man i'm doing great how about you keith doing good man
1: just trying to get through a crazy monday i was telling you earlier mondays are pretty wild for me
0: mondays is definitely a new beginning
1: i guess it is for a lot of people yeah i mean it's the first day of the work week coming out of the weekend but i don't know man you're self-employed and you may understand this but like when you're self-employed and you got different things going on it's like you don't really have like a a weekend, like off.
0: You don't. And, you know, the thing with me currently is I'm actually employed and self-employed.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I I get it, man. Yeah. I was there for a while you know, yeah, in the so, in-between world.
0: Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and you're right. Where you're going with that is uh, scheduling. Yeah. You really don't. You have to really just look ahead, which I'm a scheduler. So that works. You know, you just got to look ahead and say this weekend, this is what I'm doing. You got to cut it off.
1: Is your, is your Google calendar? You, you that's maxed it? out. That's good. Cause yeah. that's, I just listened to a um, podcast where a guy said he, he, he kind of, he schedules everything mm-hmm. and, and it makes sense. Cause you know, like if you got it all, if you, if you, there's something about when you're visually seeing you input something in that calendar and it gives you like a sense of organization and you got purpose to your day. Versus just like freestyling it. and Which, you know, I mean, there's there's things that we just know we got to do. Like, you know, you got to wake up and got to get dressed. You don't need to schedule that. No. Brush your teeth. Yeah. But like, you know, what would happen if you strategically got your calendar out on your phone and typed in uh, read for 20 minutes or read, read, you know, read a book from uh, 7, you know, 6 a.m. to 6.15 or 6.10, just 10 minutes. Right. You know, what would happen to your brain seeing that in that phone? You know, would that help you kind of start having a little bit more structure to your day?
0: I can tell you it 100% does, and yeah. I do that. Um, you know, cool. back in the day, we used to just do reminders. But those yeah. are so easy to snooze, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, they are right.
0: But I put every – even even this podcast was in my calendar. Right. You know, even mm-hmm. even putting it there for, you know, yesterday, saying, hey, this is coming up tomorrow. And you can set those things up for like 24 hours in advance, hour in advance, yeah. et cetera. And, uh, yeah, my calendar has everything. So, like, we have our – we have uh, several calendars within our con- calendars, my wife and I. We have one that's for events, right? That could be school play, basketball game, anything. Is you she, just podcast. Is
1: she synced to the calendar? Right. So we both, both see it. See it. So cool. when she
0: adds, I add, we both see it. And that's
1: awesome. That <clears throat> And that right there can help like um, just marriages in general. Like uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying, man, technology. These gadgets we have on our phones, they can – Think about how many times, you know, you as a man forget that you've got a birthday party to go to, okay. how how that could have been like eliminated if you and your wife were synced up on a calendar together, right. like, and, and had those alerts and notifications. Like you'd be work that day and all of a sudden getting a reminder that says, Hey, you got a you got little Johnny's birthday party. Yeah, you got to yeah. be at this evening. Yeah. But, okay, you could get, get prepared for that and get some major brownie points from from right. from, your, from your honey at home You know because you remembered.
0: You're right. And it's funny because we'll, <laughs> we'll actually text or call each other and be like, hey, so on this day, is there anything you haven't put in the calendar yet? It's like, no, okay, well, we got this to go to, you know. So it definitely works. And then we also do that with our bills, man. So how many times you forget, uh, you know, a lot of people use auto pay. But what we'll do with our bills is we'll actually show it in there the date it's due. Okay, how much is due, how it's getting paid. Is it auto-drafting the bank, auto-drafting my credit card, or do we need to call in and pay it? Because right. not everybody has the same option. So we'll put that in there. And let's say it's the 24th, and you get paid on the 20th. Well, then we'll look at it a week or two weeks in advance and say, okay, even though it's due on the 24th, we get paid on the 20th, so let's change that date and the calendar to the 20th. Dang, yeah. So we go ahead and pay it, and then once it's paid, if she pays or I pay it, We'll go in parentheses but paid beside it. I know it seems like a lot but when you're as, as wide open as we are like you know yeah. you guys are as well why it kind of cuts down some redundancy.
1: And it, it really boils down to like one one word in my opinion that's like communication.
0: 100%. And that's yeah. that's
1: that's like a that's like yeah. a thing that will cripple uh, any marriage.
0: Marriage, friendship, business, anything. It's 100% yeah. communication and then we we, we have kind of mastered that and I think that one of the things um, that I inherited that from was when I was in the music business and I was a road manager and I used to book, if you didn't have it in the calendar, like you had to you had to sit there and write itineraries for a living, basically. So it was like yeah. 8 o'clock, bus call, 9.30, stopping at Planet Fitness yeah. in such and such so city. You had to have everything you had to do it mapped on, out. For everybody, everybody on the bus and everybody wanted to eat something different, you know. Man. So it came from that and then once you lived that life for so long – you can't not live it, because then you're completely unorganized. You
1: said you you were in the music business, correct? Yeah. So I'm gonna actually, yeah, man, pause there and just <laughs> kind of go back and like John Robertson. I know you was John Robertson. I know you are also um, a host of a podcast, Mindset Reload. The mindset had Reload. The, yeah. I had the privilege of joining you on one of your episodes, what a week or two ago.
0: Yeah, man, enjoyed that.
1: Yep, and uh, they can find your podcast on Spotify.
0: Yeah, it's on it's on all platforms now. It was the hardest thing to get on Apple Podcasts because yep. I don't have an Apple product. Oh man, I so that was you. very very different. yeah, I bet. But it took about three weeks to get on there. But now all of them it's it's yep. across the board. Cool. I utilize Spotify
1: the most. I feel like that's what I was going to ask you. You know, I feel like if you if like, I feel like if you're on Spotify, you already got like seventy five percent of the population. And then you know if you want to throw in Apple Podcasts, and like iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. but man, there's like there's like fifty more. I'm like I can't do all of them. I mean, there's like Rumble and.
0: Yeah, and there's there's I don't know who you use to distribute with, but I use um, Spotify's Anchor FM. Yep. And they automatically do everything. Cool. You don't have to add it. You just go select it. It's done.
1: Yeah, y'all go check out his uh, podcast, Mindset Reload. Um, I'm, I'm not sure which episode me and him were on, but it was called Recap with Keith Osmond. Yeah, it was that's Decompressed Stress. Decompressed Stress. Yep. yep. So if you need a good dose of uh, information about how to handle stress, go dive into that one. But yeah, man, John, I know I, I haven't known you too long. Right. I met you maybe a couple of months ago through right. the, the nutrition shop. I know a little bit about you, but um, I'm looking forward to this episode because I can learn a little bit more about you. So you've already touched on, you know, you were in the music business. I'm yeah, already, man. I already got a lot of questions <laughs> about that. Uh, yeah. So tell me, tell us like, you know, where, where are you from? Um, a little bit about you, you know, family life, married kids, okay. you know, what kind of in a nutshell career-wise what you've done up until now so kind of kind of curious man
0: man i tell you what i am the definition of ups and downs right but the biggest thing is you know and what i teach through my mindset let's just call it therapy right mindset therapy through our our podcast is embrace that there's gonna be ups there's gonna be downs there's gonna be highs and there's gonna be lows mm-hmm. you just gotta get yourself out of it. And the right mindset will allow you to bounce back doesn't mean we're perfect all the time heck no it doesn't mean that our lives just because it looks good on social media or looks good while we're at spartan smoothies or I'm all, you know wherever it is we struggle just like everyone else yeah man and that's what the podcast is about it's like hey you're not alone listen to us because we've been there done that and it's actually therapy for us to talk about it because it opens up old wounds mm. as we're talking about hey this is how i got through it it brings you back to a place to where you're like man i really did hit not really rock bottom right there, but I hit pretty low, man. I bounced back from that. It shows your resiliency, right? Right. So, you know, um, in the podcast, we talk about, you know, hey, if you have the right mindset, though, and you have some bad days, you bounce out of them quicker. Yeah. So that makes sense? It's like yeah. being an athlete. If you have all the training in the world, you have a bad day, you miss a tackle, what do you do? You change your angle. It's mm-hmm. the way life is. But you have to have that coaching, you have to have that knowledge and that mindset in order to be able to bounce back. Yeah. So... That's kind of what the podcast is about. That's oh, what cool. you guys are doing, yeah. man. That's what life's about, right? Yeah. So, for me, I grew up actually right down the road in Armerchee, Georgia. Let's see. Okay. And, I didn't
1: know you were from here. Yeah, okay. man.
0: Born and raised. Marchie uh, High School. marchie High School. Graduated in 97. Um, I had a lot of buddies that are here. But um, going into my senior year, and I always dive into this because this is what catapulted me. You know, I played football for like 11 years, you know, counting peewees and stuff. So, Dang. you were like, and that's what I want to be. I want to be Brett Favre when I grow up, right? Yeah. Even though I was a defense end. I don't know how that would work, but you know, and uh but my dad got diagnosed with cancer going in my senior year, and I always worked, even though I got to the point like at fourteen years old, I was washing dishes at I was Like as soon as I could do something that made money, I wanted to do it.
1: Man, they got some good pizza.
0: Man, they do. I haven't had it in buffet. a buffet.
1: I guess you but, got burnt out.
0: No, you got me on those new pizzas, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, that'll be healthier for you, dude. But- I eat like two or three a week yeah they're good we had them friday when i got back in from florida yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt. no you're good bro that's what's about this conversation so um yeah as soon as i could work i did if it was mowing lawns like we did when we were kids you know or, or bailing hay or whatever it was
1: was you doing this just because you had that natural drive or were you having to like financially help towards natural like drive man i didn't know if your dad being sick put your mom in a situation where you had to kind of step up and fill a role or
0: well that happened financially. um I graduated when I was 17, which was weird. You know, I went to high – I mean, I went in kindergarten at four. So, I was kind of like advanced but not advanced. You know what I mean? Like, I just advanced as far as my life. So, by the time I was 12, I was like – you know, my dad, he was a workaholic. Like, you know, he just – the man could do anything. He could – he you know, he was a pop fitter. was his normal job down here at the paper mill, which he never said he hated. I'm sure he probably did. I know we hated when he came home and he smelled like that. <laughs> but yep. – I mean, if he, you know, sometimes they'd have layoffs and stuff. He would go build houses with my uncle. You know, there wasn't nothing he couldn't do. I mean, he had a welding shop at the house, and I saw him crank a car engine on the ground before him. And I was like, "Yeah." I have every encyclopedia, every knowledge based book right here in my father. Right. You know. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I had that, and I had sports, and I just had that natural drive to just be better tomorrow than I was today or yesterday and one
1: percent so. better every day
0: one percent w- yeah. that's all it takes yeah. and man i self-competed for so long especially with sports but it catapulted me ahead because i had that personal drive but then when um i was going into my senior year and my dad got diagnosed with cancer and i had to make a decision on what i was going to do but the cool man god works in hysterical or whatever the word is right Just yeah. in ways that you don't understand but when you look back you're like it makes sense So, going in uh, my junior year, we had vocational tech down the road, right?
1: Good old Coosa Valley Tech. Good good, good, old Floyd County Tech. Yeah, yeah, whatever it's called.
0: So, I had had, uh, AutoCAD that I took over there, drafting and design, because I grew up around construction, which is what I do now. But I grew up around that, and I always had a thing. Like, the first – before we had computers, man – I'm 43. When I was 12, we had word processors, right? I would sit there and draw our our house plans on a word processor, but just hitting the the the, yeah. the lines, you That's know, crazy. And, I, and then you'd rotate it. And all that. So as soon as that opportunity came up, I jumped on board with that. So my junior year, I did, went over and was studying AutoCAD and stuff. And then by April, my junior year, the Board of Education actually called and said, hey, we're looking for somebody that will come over here to the Floyd County Board of Education. And put all of our school drawings in AutoCAD, so we can just print off copies of it instead of them taking the original drawings and getting tore up. I'm talking about the maintenance department, yeah. So I was like, okay, man, that's cool. You know, I'm like sixteen. Let's go. Dang, yeah. But then, boom. That you know, a few months later, dad gets diagnosed with cancer. So I'm like, what would I do?
1: What kind of cancer did he?
0: Pharynx. Pharynx, which they said could have been from Weldon chem- uh, chemicals and all that. Obviously, really. Line. Yeah, he was a smoker too, though. So it's kind of hard, you know, yeah, of course they're between, going to jump to smoking. But, well, but
1: between the smoking and then the possible fumes, yeah, probably wasn't a good recipe.
0: No, definitely not. You know, and it's made, it's definitely made me more cautious. You know, you know, I got friends and family. They're like, man, I don't go to the doctor. I'm like, I do. Because had he went caught previously, like- he could caught it. So why take that chance? You know, you never know what decision you make that affects others down the road. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let me make the best decisions I possibly can that I have control over every day so that it doesn't affect someone else right so um my senior year needless to say i didn't even get to play football um i just had too much going on i felt like i needed to go to work i felt like i need to do the most i can so they didn't have to stress at least my bills because you gotta think man going from junior senior you're you got car payment
1: yeah most a lot of times your parents are paying for that but you want to take that load off of them a little bit
0: fortunately and i love it my parents made me take care of that okay you know i think i think my older kids now hate that about Mm. them more than I did, but I liked it because it's like, hey, you know, I had the drive to go to work anyway. So I was like, I'll pay for my, which they did help income tax wise, you know, buy the first right. car or whatever. But yeah, they're like insurance on you, gas on you, hundred percent.
1: Yeah. You learn real quick the, the value of a dollar
0: in work. And I wasn't in the guy that would run the roads. I mean, like I had to go to football practice and baseball practice, whatever it was, come back, go to work, whatever. Yeah. But anything I could do extra, I wanted to do, whether it be food, you know, and my, my brother was like probably... See if I he was seven years younger than me, so nine, ten when he got diagnosed. So, you know, obviously he wanted to play sports and stuff. So Taxing I can't say that around. contributed a yeah. whole lot, but as a sixteen year old, I felt like I contributed a whole lot and sacrificed a lot. And I remember a voice in my head saying, Man, just do it now and, and, and you'll be blessed later. And I you know, could that be a God thing? Yes, it could have been a god thing. Could it be me, just my just mm-hmm. how I was built? You know, maybe a mixture of both. So I definitely feel like that comes to fruition. Um, I have been blessed anytime that it's got screwed up it's because of me, right? I think a lot um, of us can yeah. attest to that. Yep. But, um, so needless to say, I didn't play football my senior year and, um, I still had that, I would go to school for three periods and then eat lunch and then go to the board of education and work, which I would get credit for showing up to a class I didn't go to anymore, but because I was at work, you got that attended, oh, man. but they also paid you.
1: So you get, you get paid to, uh,
0: yeah. And it was like one of the first internships I kind of did with high schoolers back then. So it was pretty cool. Um, cool. So I did that. And all that did was just make, you know, just gave me that drive even more and even more, you know. And yeah. then actually um, that led into um, after graduation, shortly after graduation, I uh, got into engineering fiber optic networks all over the country, which is what built the Internet. You think this is 1997.
1: Wow. You were laying the yeah. literally the all the. I guess the fiber
0: and the cables you needed to do that. Was that underground? Underground, aerial. Now it's mostly underground, but we were doing Atlanta, Charlotte, North Carolina. And what it was is, you know, you would go in and AT&T had extra conduit in the ground. Is vacant, So you just pulling there and save from having terrible streets when you could, you know. Dang. But, yeah, we helped build the Internet, which I don't know how I feel about that now. I mean, some of us get of us back. You were making uh, AOL happy back, at, back in those days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dial up and all that stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was Good. crazy, man, but I enjoyed the ride for a while. I, I went about as far as as I could have with that um, before the technology kind of like put it out because back then you had to have one single fiber which was a tenth the size of a human hair that basically ran someone's internet. Really? And then they came out back, you know, three or four years later, where the technology actually split, split what we know now as bandwidth, which it was them and no one really knew, mm-hmm. right? But they split. So now you had splitters that and 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 um, equipment and these. Um, head ends that would split that for you. So you didn't have that much. So there's so many miles of what they call dark yeah. fiber laying in the ground now. So it kind of got to the point where it was like, it was up there real quick and then it kind of died, you know, within gotcha. a decade yeah. um, of itself. But so, you know, I mean, I got into that and, um, I mean, I was over like six to $8 million projects at 21 years old, man.
1: Doing a lot of traveling,
0: a lot of traveling. Yeah. And, um, at that time, well, I didn't travel as much. Most of it was in Atlanta, and then my dad passed away in 99, so I was in it for like two years. Um, he had battle cancer for three years. He passed away in 99. And then, you know, like I said uh, on my last episode on the Mindset Reload, um, we actually did one introducing my wife was the host, mm-hmm. and it's called Man Behind the Mic, which dove into a lot of the same yeah. stuff. But I pro- it probably was a getaway, you know, or to get away from his death. But even in that, it allowed me to grow so much more because then when I moved away, I was like, man, this is 20 years in advance where I just left. And, you know, back then I was a shy person. Like I didn't like being in crowds mm-hmm. and and I didn't like being the center of attention or, or any of that. You know, I didn't even like going to the mall. And um, going through that grew me probably 10 years in, in less than two years you know what i mean was you real close to your dad yeah i mean we were a tight-knit family my brother was closer to him than i was i felt like you, you, got, mean, siblings. If you
1: got you got siblings yeah
0: i got a little brother yeah, that's he, right. he was closer to him you know because you always have you know that in as parent you always have that child that's more clingier to one than the other and etc so i think i was closer to my mom even though like i observed my dad from a distance i was wanting to sit back and learn my dad my brother was more to jump in there with him and you know yeah and uh but yeah we were close um i mean i wouldn't be who i am for for him
1: yeah and you so you lost your dad when you were in your early 20s at 19
0: 19 19 years old old.
1: and I, i i asked this just because i'm more curious i i haven't been through a stage in my life where I've really lost somebody really close to me mm-hmm. I know my day's coming mm-hmm. so naturally I just want to know I had, a, I had a gentleman on a few weeks ago that lost his mother mm-hmm. recently and I'm like well he lost her like a year and a half ago two years but I'm like how do you get through that I mean I guess you have to but um is there is there a manual is there, there a, a, is there a user's guide to how to get over some you know loss of a, a parent because I told I told Brian the guy mm-hmm. I was interviewing that I feel like when you lose somebody like that it's literally like a like a uh, ripping some kind of plant out of the ground the roots out of your out of your soul and it's just always going to be kind of empty nothing it, it nothing, does. Will, nothing will ever completely fill that you just kind of kind of learn to live with it. Yes. Is that kind of how it's is that how That's it how it is, is That's yeah. part
0: of your foundation going. So you think you're on a house with the foundation, you know, some of that just got knocked out, you know. Yeah. But what you have to do and, and and you know, this is easy for me to say now at 43 than it was back then. You know, what you have to do is you have to embrace what you were taught through that. Does that make sense? Like they didn't die in vain. So when they're looking down on you, they want to see what they instilled in you, and you making it. And you that's
1: that's what would get me through. I told Brian that too. I said, you know, once my mom or dad leaves this earth, I could very well, you know, be in a state of depression, like for a long time, or I could ask myself, what would they want me, want me to be doing as they look down, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't want me just totally just going into a, um, a shell and, and, and just shutting down forever. Of course, you're right. going to have your moments of, uh, where you're gr- grieving, mm-hmm. but you know, um, I'm like, you'd have to flip that switch to where like, okay. I've grieved, you know. I'm gonna think about them from time to time. I'm sure certain songs and certain things are gonna be brought up, and it's okay to get emotional. But for the most part, they want me to keep moving forward. Sure. You know, so, yeah, I, I guess I, I admire, or not? Is "admire" the right word? Yeah. I respect people that has
0: admires good
1: um, went through that and still been able to, you know, move forward and and do great things because you've got a lot of people that that lose loved ones and they don't they don't they do stay in that shell and it's like they do. 6 7 years goes by and they're still just shut down like it's almost like it's just got a strangle on them i'm like i don't i don't want to tell them just like get over yeah. it that's not the right word but like well yeah. i want to ask them, like what would you what would your mom want you to be doing you know does your mom want you to be
0: and and you know what i think it's okay to do that um i do that you know um have i been accused accused of being non epathetic or, you know, non insensitive non-sensitive of course, but it's not that I'm being that way, it's that I'm telling you what helped me get through it. Yeah. And it's cool because this same stuff is what my wife and I talked about on my last episode. <clears throat> and um you, you know, that that's not the only death I've experienced. And um she actually went through a lot of that in her teenage years as well unexpectedly and stuff so i've lost friends i've lost cousins i've lost my dad and um you just got to push forward and and you got to say hey this is what this is what they taught me i don't want their death to be in vain so this is what i've got and you got to use it to your advantage yeah i mean that's a sensitive word right what I mean by that, so I always say something like, like, hold on, let me tell you what I mean by that. When I weighed 420 pounds, I would go to the doctor all the time. I think I'm having a heart attack. I think I got another blood clot. And they're like, man, if you would take this anxiety and channel it in the right direction and go hit the gym and go diet and exercise, you wouldn't have any of these problems. So I looked at death kind of the same way, <clears throat> is take that for what it is. You can't change it, it's out of your control. Are you going to grieve? Yes, grieve, but don't let it, don't let it, a lot of people will let it be a crutch. They'll let it hang, well, if so-and-so went to die, died, I wouldn't be what I'm doing. That's not true because every, every single feeling you have comes from a thought. Mm-hmm. That's facts. Okay. So you're thinking it, therefore you're feeling it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it doesn't mean you can't think about it, but it's how you receive your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't taught exactly. I got another episode called um, It's Not What You Think It Is because you really weren't taught how to think. At what age are we taught to think? Because you have a doctor telling you to do this, and then parents, and then your school system and all this, and eventually, like, you're 18. Here's the world. Right. Figure it out. So I'm big on trying to teach them, you know, as they gradually get old, you know, kids or whoever, because <clears throat> your thoughts do equal your feelings.
1: So true. Yeah. So you you say you were 400 and- 20, 20 pounds at yeah, one point. Yeah. So you were were you were you bigger as a kid growing up? I mean teenager?
0: You know, I want to say compared then, you know, um in the 80s 90s well, I didn't eat a whole cheeseburger till I was like 11. So I, it's hard to say, but looking back when I was 12, I felt like I was bigger than most of my friends. Not in a bad way, I was just bigger, bigger bone right. or whatever. And um but I remember back then you couldn't even wait, play football if you weighed over 112. So even at 12 years old, I'm 110. And I've mm-hmm. coached football players at 12 years old, the weigh 180. Dang. So I, I felt like I did kind of start training in there. But then even when I got into high school, because, you know, at 12 years old, 13 years old, you hit that growth spurt anyway. And then when I got into high school, you know, we ate weights. I mean, that's what we did. We we went in at 7 a.m. or 6 or oh, something, yeah. you know, then had weights and then worked out after and then or, or had practice and worked out after that. So I went into high school weighing um, – Hundred and thirty, which I don't think that's big as a freshman.
1: No, dude, that's that's
0: that's kind of small. Yeah, right. But I was plumpy and but I graduated two hundred sixty solid muscle. So I gained I doubled my weight in high school. But it wasn't bad weight. But then you know, you have that graduation forty, graduation sixty pounds that you gain between eighteen and twenty or whatever that it just happens because you're not in that routine. So I maintained that for a while. And then it wasn't until I actually, the crazy thing was, it wasn't until I actually started my own company that I gained like, I think 60, it felt like 60, 80 pounds overnight. It was really like four months, which is still a lot.
1: And like, what, um, so what what changed? Like when you say start your own company, did it, did it just force you to just basically st- like stress eat?
0: I think it was stressy. I think I had a relationship with food, which right. in the South is easy to do because we eat when we're sad, we eat when we celebrate,
1: <laughs> right? Well, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, yes, yeah. I've talked about that many times. How if you got you got to draw a line somewhere because yes, you're right. It, here there's a there's a, a birthday, there's a holiday, there's something every weekend. I mean, you every, could day. Just, every day, every <laughs> day it could be a yeah. You look on the calendar. There's National Donut Day. There's this day. There's a your niece's birthday party on the weekend. Your best friends getting married. Yeah. Then they say no, it's like a Easter and then there's Thanksgiving. It's like, Yeah, you're right. Saturday. I mean it's like crazy.
0: Holidays always gain fifteen pounds.
1: And then you combine that with just everyday stressors. It's and I always tell people food is like the most addictive, readily available drug ever. It is. I mean it really is like
0: mm-hmm. it's a codependency.
1: I mean it's like you got a product that you can eat and it just releases so many endorphins and it feels so good. You know, and it be like a be like a cocaine addict just walking around with right. cocaine shops everywhere.
0: But what's crazy, and you and I know this now, but until you flip that script, yeah. then it feels the opposite, yeah. right? That that stuff starts making you feel like cra- like as soon as you eat it, you're like, "What did I just do?" Because mm-hmm. I feel like crap. So really, I, my next episode's about that. It's called the placebo effect.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: And we don't have to dive into that right now. We could, we could dive into it later. But like your brain outdoes any medication or anything you think that heals you or man it's crazy when you start doing the statistics on it I yeah mean, so it,
1: yeah you you became self-employed and and like it happens to a lot of people i mean you started packing on the weight probably just you're so busy you you are you are grabbing stuff that's just quick and on the go man
0: it was like parties so, in the morning you're so
1: just like tunnel vision on the business mm-hmm. and putting in that work in the beginning to get it to get it built and off yep. the ground I know, I mean, I can see where it's it's just so easy to, to grab something quick, but little did you know it was, you were adding, you know, five pounds and five pounds and 10 pounds yeah. this month. It was just next thing you know, you wake up and you're 420.
0: Yeah, I, di- I didn't even own on a scale, right? Man. But I would eat, I remember I would eat first thing in the morning. I would sit down, which never happens anymore, sit down and eat lunch. I don't know how anybody does that. I'm not knocking anybody that's listening that does, like kudos to you guys. If I sit down and eat lunch every day, I would gain so much weight. I mean, it's, I don't even know how people do that, but then I would do that. And then at like three or four o'clock on the way home, I'd grab fast food again and then eat dinner when I got home. Mm. And it was definitely a hundred percent, even though I was making probably at that time more money than I ever had, um, I was stressed. It was a lot to manage.
1: That's a lot. Yeah. And that could be a whole other episode. Yeah. People, people have this, it's such a catch 22 for me because I'm all about, telling people to chase their dreams and visions. And if you have this desire to break away from the system and do your own thing, then go for it. But I also know the, the, the shit they're going to have to go through man to be to, to, for that to happen. And is it worth it in the end? Most of the time? Yes. But gosh, it can, if you're not, if you're not careful, it can, it can, a lot of things can come unglued in the process, your health, your marriage. It's, it's a lot. I've seen a lot of people go from the nine to five to doing their own thing. and um, Yes, they've built a, looks like a successful business, but in the process they've got a divorce. <laughs> so what defines success then? So, yeah, I mean, it's like a, such a, a double edged sword. And uh, I feel like I said, I get caught between this rock and a hard spot mm-hmm. of, of, uh, encouraging people to chase their dream. And if they feel trapped working a nine to five or a job they hate, yes, you need to, you need to get out of it somehow, some way. But at the same time, I do know the sacrifices and the risk involved with everything involved, and you know, family-wise, kids. Because you know, I don't know, man. I know that could be a whole other episode. But
0: well, here it is. You know, people listening, and probably you sitting over at me over. It's like, man, this conversation's all over the place. So it's not every everything you just said touches on every bit of that, right? Yep. So the last thing that your parents will think when they pass, mindin, wasn't, man, I wish I'd made more money.
1: Oh no, man.
0: It was, I wish I had more time.
1: Oh yeah, time okay. is the most valuable thing in the world. You, you, yeah, you're right. You take a take a multi-billionaire and you you instantly tell him he's got cancer and he's he's only got two months to live. How much money would he pay to 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 you know get his health
0: back? It'd be and not know if it even happens. Right. Time. So you know that ties into it. Um, to me, happiness. What is happiness? I'll argue with people all the time. They'll say, oh man, yeah, money buys happiness. No, it does not. Money buys pleasure. Pleasure is a temporary high. Happiness only comes from peace.
1: Yeah. And money for me is uh, another form of freedom. Absolutely. So, but I do, so it's like, I do see, I see where my life has increased in a positive way in some areas. And I see where my life is, I, I got to really keep, keeping in check in certain areas, you know, cause when you're self-employed, man, it it's hard to keep it all in this nice little tidy box guardrails. Yep. And like, but my, my whole goal is to get to the point where it all meant something. So like learning and learning from my mistakes and delegating and hiring the right people in the culture and training people and like get it to where, yes, it's not so much of my time maybe it wasn't the beginning and it had to be because he was building the foundation but ultimately for me money is going to equal freedom and uh you know whether that's being able to um go away for a week or two and still have everything working you know for me here on a local level Mm -hmm. whether that means or even giving other people opportunity or donating or volunteering somewhere you know how cool would it be for me to be able to to go I'm, i'm really big into like you know, helicopters and planes. Mm -hmm. I want to go spend a week out at Tiger flight at the, at the airport with the kids one of these days and help, you know, and and make an impact with them. So money for me means all that.
0: And it does. And I got caught up in that, but at the same time, it goes back to what we were talking about. Google calendars. Yep. Set you know, here, here's your, here's your work time, right? Here's Keith time. Yep. If you don't have Keith time or anybody listening, if you don't have you time, you'll get burnt out. And if you don't take time for yourself, you won't be able to give your business 100%. So one thing you said in there right there, I could, couldn't agree with more because I've owned own companies, is training the right people culture-wise, right? People who have the same desire you have to learn what you want to teach them. Yep. Not somebody just looking for a job, someone's looking for a career. And even though that's a job right now, mindset, it needs to be a career. This is something, like, Do you want to be in the health and fitness world? Come with me. I'm going to train you what I know. Because that's your legacy.
1: Speaking of that, I had a, I had a girl that um, reached out to us through social media wanting to, to work at the, the nutrition shop. I've always thought highly of her. She's actually done some for, for photography, photography for us for in the past. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it'd be cool if, if, if it got to a point where she got of age, you know, where she could drive if she could come work for us. So I had high hopes for her. Well, mm-hmm. she reached, she finally reached out to us, said, Hey, I'm, I'm 16 now. Uh, I'd like to, you know, apply. So I sent her the online application. She came in for an interview and just to, just to do my due diligence. And, you know, I, I didn't want to just be like, Oh, you're hired. We love you. I want to make her kind of work for it. So mm-hmm. I told her I'd get back with her within 24 to 48 hours, even though I knew I was probably going to hire her. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have like a few other people I wanted to look at. So right. just kind of. I like to kind of sleep on things, Mm -hmm. sometimes pray about it. That's good. So I did message her back 48 hours later and thinking we were good to go, saying, hey, we we can you start training? She wrote back and said, I'm sorry. Uh, I've I've took a job at another uh, protein shake shop in town, tea shop. Mm. And I said, whoa, what happened? She said my mom had just told me to apply for – as many jobs as I could and just take whatever I got first. And I'm like, so you just, you just needed a job, just a job. She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's all I need to know. Yeah. And that's, that's not the, that's not the energy and culture I want. So as much as I thought she was a certain type of person, um, she just obviously don't see what we're right. about, you know, and yeah. energy wise. So,
0: And that could have went two ways. Like, if she had answered that, look, I just wasn't going to wait because I'm ready to work and this is my passion, you probably wouldn't have received it the way you did. Right. But it was, I just need a job, which... Let's be honest, parents can force that down their throat. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Probably what, that's probably what happened. Probably honestly. what happened, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if one day, you know, she came back around, you know. <laughs> I mean, you guys are doing great things, right? Yeah, But there's two back. ways to receive that message. Yep. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. And I've been that way. Fine, not be. I'm not saying you were yeah. this way, but I was like, if you don't no. be a part of me, you're missing out, you know. But I've had to grow out of that myself because I have reacted that way before. And I'm not saying you did. No. I, I know where you were going with it. You were like, hey, you know. Be a yep. part of Team Spartan.
1: Yeah, man. So, it, it, anyways, I didn't
0: mean to no, sidetrack side there. This ain't sidetrack. This is an open conversation, man. This is good. Everything that we talk about is educational <laughs> or will click with somebody. That's one thing I learned through my podcast. As I sit there and talk, 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 and and then the least substance in the podcast is the one that the least person I would ever expected reaches out and is like, man, right. you want to say that one thing that clicked with me, I'm like, wow. You just never know.
1: Yeah, man. So what what you were at 420 what was a turning point like what what was my hell to have man. a health scare did you have like some a doctor say hey man if you don't you know or did you just get sick of feeling like you were feeling like honestly. what was the switch or light bulb that went off when you finally was like I gotta I gotta make something happen
0: so honestly the crazy thing is that that way to have more confidence than I have now really yeah uh, um I mean there would be times I'd look in the mirror and be like man you're pathetic which is negative self-talking that happens. And some of my podcasts talk about how to treat that. But I was very, I was, I was successful. So that was a blinder for me. But yeah, so doctors had always said, you know, if you don't change, things are going to happen. And I knew, but you know what that did? That made it worse. Because it's easy for Captain Obvious to say, hey, you're 420, you're going to have a freaking heartache. But who was the one saying, here's how we can help you get through that? mm mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? So you got to be careful when talking to people because for me it did the opposite. It made me leave there and go eat a whole pizza because I was depressed. You know what I mean? So what it was for me was I just took a long look in the mirror. and And there was one time, like I said, I was living in Nashville then in the music business. I worked on Music Row. And we would walk to lunch and back. And one day I, I felt like I couldn't get across the whole parking lot. Well, I had to take a break. And I was like, this is, that was the turning point for me.
1: That's when I like, yeah, yeah. So that was the, yep. yeah,
0: that was the, and then, you know, and then the second thing was seeing my kids and thinking, man, um, I can't get on a ride at Six Flags.
1: Did, did that, did you ever try to get on a ride? And Previous you rejected? to that. Yeah. Really, I mean, like, you couldn't, you know, yeah.
0: and I was like, man, I'd like to fly. was a big dude. I mean, my weight. I mean, I wore 56, well, yeah, four, size fifty six pants, man. Four
1: twenty. Yeah, that is that is big. That's not like because I mean, yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah. time it's me, you're bumping yeah. four hundred. That's a big dude.
0: Yeah, man, and um, bef- you know, b- before I'd lost, um, I, 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 you know, hey, let's do the adipex trend. I'd lose thirty or forty and then come right back. It's not, until, you know, people say this, and 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 if you use this word, I apologize in advance. People say, "Hey, I'm on a weight loss journey." My viewpoint for me, it didn't work for John Robertson, okay? Because a journey has a destination. Yeah. It's got to be a lifestyle change. It's got to be something you commit to and you stay in that vein. And it's going to have its ups and downs. It's going to be hard. But just like the calendar you talked about, I call that, a lot of people just call it a calendar and a to-do list. I call it an accountability chart, right? I say on all my episodes, once you change and we talked about, is it 90 days or whatever? Mm-hmm. For me, anything I do for 90 days, I feel like it becomes a routine, becomes second nature. Once you make that change, you tend to, well, if you have a growth mindset, it depends on the individual. But for me, it tends to become an accountability. So if I got off track, I had guardrails I set up. And it's like, even now, when I weigh, I weigh every day, morning and night. People say, don't do that. John Robertson does because that's what's best for me. Okay? keeps me in line. I give myself... A five pound window because right. of water weight, yeah, oh yeah, you know, depending on what you eat, you know what I'm saying, but it's like, okay, you know, if this morning I weigh two sixty and I'm two sixty seven couple of days I'm gonna cut back, I'm gonna go more liquid diet, I'm gonna go more protein shakes, less heavy yeah. food, bring it back down, or I'm gonna go to the gym extra hard, go do it, I can't stand my my wife will get on a treadmill, I don't like it, it's boring to me, but I'll get out here and walk for three hours, you know. What if you down had a?
1: What if you had a um, virtual reality headset on, where all of a sudden you're on a bike and you're you're having to ride a bicycle through a town chasing a robber? You know, chasing, Dude, that would definitely life. help. Like burn some calories.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, so that that would definitely help. That's
1: a that's another idea I got in the works.
0: Right? Yeah, mean, when, me and you got to collaborate on some of these, down these the ideas. Yeah.
1: I got I the Cool concept. I might not have to. I might, I might not can release release this episode now until I get it built.
0: Hey, for everybody listening, this is a non-disclosure agreement.
1: <laughs> yep, you're signing it right now by listening to it
0: by hitting play. <laughs> so,
1: well, I'll tell you about that when we yeah, man. Turn I the got some off. ideas too, but yeah. So, man, um cardio for you is no fun, but you can you like outside walking. Which I do too, man, especially this time of year when it's like in between like winter and spring. Mm -hmm. I I went and did two miles this morning on the trails. And I've, uh, for me, like it hit me yesterday. I was walking, I was listening to a podcast, and I was handing out free smoothie coupons on the trail to people I passed. So think about that for a minute. Um, Three things are happening. That's right. So win, win, win.
0: (laughs) Yes, can't go wrong.
1: You're, 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 that's actually four wins. Like you're out in nature. Mm hmm. You're, you know, i am seeing the, the, the squirrels, the birds, I'm by the river, you're walking, you're burning calories, it's good for your health, I'm passing out free smoothie coupons, you're giving back, making people's day, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to podcasts, so I'm learning.
0: And you're marketing. And
1: I'm marketing. Is, it's driving sales up. And
0: you're getting natural oxygen.
1: There you go. So there's so, so many benefits Yeah, so like it just hit me, and so it's, it's actually motivated me, now that I've got that kind of outlook on it, it's motivated me to stay consistent at that, because how many times can you win, 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 all in a... 40-minute window.
0: can't, be. that's <laughs> why we should... And what you said, what did you just say? 40 minutes?
1: Yeah, 40 minutes. 40 that's, minutes. That's what it takes what? me to walk two miles.
0: Yep. But it was only a 40-minute, what some people consider a sacrifice. You and I consider it, it has to happen, a yeah. necessity. 40 minutes did all that.
1: Yep, and the last episode, if you guys are listening and you you listened to the... I'm not sure how what order these are going to be in, but we did the the math on one episode to where... And John, you may find this, you probably already know about it, but you can take, there's 24 hours in a day times seven. So there's 168 hours in a week. Mm -hmm. And then you just, you just check yourself. You know, you go through there and say, get you a notepad and a pencil and say, all right, how many hours of sleep do I get per night? Let's just say you get some good sleep. You're eight times seven. Eight. 56 hours of sleep. You don't get eight. Well, you don't need eight. So 56 hours. And then you say, all right, I work out an hour a day, hour and a half a day. So you do that get your calculator at times seven, that's 10 and a half. And then what you do is you go through there, just kind of figure yeah. up, add all that up. And you'll be surprised out of 168 hours in a week, how much time you got left, you know, after you add up the, the sleeping, the working out, you know, spend, spend an hour or two a day with the family, you know, however you want to divvy it up, there's still usually 30, Thirty plus hours left that is like unaccounted for, and it goes back to yeah. utilizing a calendar and getting more organized. Accountability. So, so yeah, when people say you don't have time, you, you got time. And put, I, put
0: I, the I, phone I, down.
1: Well, I was going to say another thing too that's very humbling. It was for me. Granted, a lot of it is for business use, but I still had to put a cap on it. Is go to your phone settings, look at your mm-hmm. screen time. That will be a very very um, telltale sign of uh, how much I mean, time when- you're spending scrolling. It, it even break it down into apps, like mm-hmm. how much time you're spending on uh, Instagram, Facebook, you know, and all that stuff. So,
0: And that and that stuff's hard for business owners, because a like my wife, she runs, you know, three businesses, and one of them is probably 50% online. The other two are 100% online. So it's kind of hard to get off your phone if your business is phone-based. It
1: is. It's it's a fine line for me, too, man, because <clears throat> yeah. I'll get on there, and the and the attentions to just post something business-wise, but I'll... I'll post it and then all of a sudden something will snag my attention mm-hmm. and then they thing you know, I'm, I'm scrolling that guy's feed for like, you know, 15 minutes. Just yeah. It might even just be like entertainment, but you got to be careful.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll come through one of those reels now with fitness. I'm like, okay, what's he doing to get those 3D delts, you know? <laughs> and I'll sit there watching. I'm like, right. yeah, I'm writing that in my notebook. Because one thing I do outside of the counter, man, is I have notes. I have Google notes on my phone. Yeah. And I'll sit there and I'll still make me a to-do list. I mean, I feel like I have to. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, if it's more organization, right? <laughs> probably both. But I'll even be like new workout ideas. Yeah, and I'll yeah. go. Ahead. I'll schedule my workouts out, man. I'm about Monday. This is the groups. This is the muscle groups I'm hitting. These are what I'm doing. How many reps, etc. Tuesday. This is what I'm doing. Wednesday. I know I can't work out. So third, you know. So it's it's good to do all that. And then going back to the social media thing, I think one thing that's very important for people who are listening because not everybody. Some people have a fixed schedule, right? They know they go to work at eight. They know to get off at five. Right. Right. And we know there's kids and ball games and dinner and stuff, but really you can organize every bit of that because we have to worry about the stuff we can control and put it in its place. So for me, if when, when, when I first started working out again, back in June, I was remodeling a target in Lawrenceville, Georgia. And I would drive an hour and a half, two hours, but at 11 o'clock every day, because we would start at 6 a.m. at 11 o'clock every day at lunch. Well, there was a gym, awesome gym called C3 Fitness next door. It's part of a church, and they have them nationwide. And I would go over there for lunch every day at 11 o'clock. Yeah. And I noticed that that one thing was hugely important for me because I knew at 11 o'clock every day that's what I had to do. So I had a schedule, set schedule. Two things I benefited from that. Not only did I benefit from getting good exercise – also didn't eat bad for lunch.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you didn't have time. <laughs> right. So
0: I would prep something simple or sometimes my wife and I go to is a, the one minute rice and some tuna oh, yeah. and mix so it good with some avocado. Yeah. A little lime, salt, pepper, good goat. What, what? 200 calories maybe? Right. Maybe 250. So for me, I'm a scheduled guy. So I had to go at 11 o'clock every day. If I go before work or after work, it was excuses. Either it's too early, I'm tired, hadn't had enough coffee, blah blah, or I'm ready to get home to the family. It never really was. I'm too tired to work out. It was like, man, I really miss my family. Let me get home to them. You know, so for me, it was saying that. So, so like my wife, she has a routine of she'll drop the kids off at school, she'll go work out, then she starts her day. So everybody's just got to find that that niche, you know. And and if you're a married couple and y'all have kids and everything, you got to help each other out. You know, it was it, sometimes it's as simple as, "Hey, at five o'clock, everybody's home. We got toddlers or whatever. Hey, I'm going to go work out. When I get back, I will watch the kids. You go work out. It sucks. Like I like working out with my wife, but sometimes it doesn't happen. But what's important is you yourself. And you have to put time. Yeah, aside. I
1: do agree that it's it's. Um, you know, when you're married, you got you raising kids. It is teamwork. It helps. Um, I do. I have noticed that sometimes I'll be working with people that. They just, they just, they tell like every excuse under the sun, man. While you know, while they can't get any kind of fitness or whatever, and I'm like, and I feel like a lot of parents, um, and I'm not sure how I can say this, but like, just be honest. Um, they, they both put their whole life on hold f- for that child. They put that. I, I can't. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. That's almost like they'll, they'll let their whole other. Angle all the other moving pieces of their life. I know, I know, parenting is a big deal, and you got to sacrifice something. It's things, not a manual to it, but at the same time, like I feel like so many people, um, like I think Allie and uh, Amanda had brought this up on their their podcast. How a lot of a lot of moms won't even put their child in a daycare just to go have an hour of of time for her. It's almost mm-hmm. like they they will literally just let their whole life crumble. Uh, for that for that kid so how do you how do you find that balance you know how do you find that balance of of hey it's okay it's okay if if you got to put your kid in a a daycare or hire a a babysitter how cool would it be to you know i get it's Mm -hmm. busy and you're working and you got the hustle and bustle of life but man if your whole health and mental your tank just is on Mm -hmm. e because you're you're putting like 150 percent into raising this kid and you got other kids and sports like at, uh, get some help somewhere you it's, know like
0: to me it's called reclaiming your identity yeah you were someone and this is coming up so this next episode i got coming out um this wednesday is called strong as a mother and we have um mental health coach Ani michelski and my wife on it's all about self-care for mothers finding time for yourself and reclaiming your identity, and that's exactly what you hit on. So it's like you were a certain person that did certain things before your kids, and some people look at that and be like, "Thank God I'm not that person." <laughs> but let's talk about the good stuff, like what you just said. Yeah, yeah. So what if we lived in? What if we changed our mindset? And you know, that's what I'm all about. It's flipping, and then my mindset's not perfect. I'll go ahead and put that disclaimer out there. But I'm a work in progress, and all this is my phrase. I love it. I'm a work in progress, and actually, I always want to remain a work in progress because as long as I am, I'm always progressing. Okay, mm. So I'll just throw that disclaimer out there. But what if we lived in a world to where we flipped that mindset and we're like, I want my child to see me going to the gym.
1: Right. I yep. want
0: my child to see me eating healthy because what are you teaching them? See yep. what I'm getting at? Yep. So, And I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just saying, what if we thought that way? What if we thought, you know, it's okay to love your children. That's not what we're saying. But I think like in my era growing up, we were self efficient more so than kids are nowadays so introduce them into growing right and Mm -hmm. healthy habits because we're introducing them to a crap ton of unhealthy habits right so in that case it's like why so and so watching me today because mommy or daddy's going to the gym or they get to the age where my wife she'll she'll let the kids play at the park and just walk around the dang right yeah. Whatever they're playing on instead of the whole track. Cause obviously you don't want to leave your kids half a half yeah. mile behind, <laughs> But walk around the track or just around the, the playground. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I mean, Nothing. you know, get, get up. Um, we had a date night not long ago, which is few and far between when you become parents and, 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 and young kids. Um, we had a date night and we were like, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know? Cause I mean, sometimes we go out of town for the weekend. That's yep. not what I'm saying. But locally, if we stay locally, we we'll usually talk ourselves out of doing stuff, right? Because, like, date night to us is actually getting some sleep.
1: Right. <laughs> but
0: we actually went over here to Broad Street, and we got a coffee at um, Swift & Fitch. Yep. And we walked down Broad Street, across the Lock Bridge, Ridge Ferry Park, back. I think we clocked six miles.
1: Dang. Okay.
0: Just conversation. So, yep. same thing you said in that 40 minutes. I mean, it was right. a date night, but you know what? There was no stress. We were happy. We were. We drank a cup of coffee. We We walked. We actually got home at like 9.30, and we were like, really don't want to go in, do you? you no. Know? So, we, then we went to our, because we live out in our emergency. So, we went over to the hospital, and we walked for another two or three miles. Dang. That's you cool. know. And so, you just got to get it in when you can get it in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, we'll do that sometimes. We'll take the kids with us. I mean, we'll talk about this later, but I, I have an idea of what I want to create that will help a lot of that right. in our community, right? Don't even want to throw that out there, but- Eventually we will Um, because that is, that's a real problem, but really it starts with the mindset. Instead of saying I can't do something or I'm not there, I'm not there yet. That's one thing you can do. I can't do something. Why? Tell me why you can't do something Mm -hmm. and start saying, okay, once you identify why you can't, you can start fixing those. Start fixing the non-priority stuff, meaning that this isn't stuff that really personally affects you or your family. This stuff that really doesn't matter—it's outside noise or it's like Facebook or whatever it is that stops your day, just like you said—and prioritize what you can, and then say, okay, how can I balance that now? It's not about really controlling anything; it's about managing stuff. Does that make right. sense. So, to me, if you flip that mindset on what I can't do and turn it into I can if I do this, you'll find yourself start going through, uh, you know, training towards a direction of growth. Yeah, you know, and you'll find a way. Yeah, yeah. you'll find a way. Um, yeah. Why,
1: why are you, why are you so passionate about, you know, helping others uh, get through mental blocks? I didn't know if this is something you've always had passion for, and you've recently started doing some life coaching. I didn't know if you had somebody have major influence in your life and you want to give back now, or what kind of sparked all that, you know, um, you just, you see the potential in people that that they don't see and you want to help them get through it or what, what what's kind of the flame behind all that?
0: My self growth. Um, I want to give back to what I experienced, what I went through and what helped me change. Um, you know, the, the biggest, I feel like I've grown up twice in my life as an adult. I grew up at 35, kind of realized things. I grew up last year. <clears throat> and through that, I put myself first in a lot of things, because I was the one that, you know, there's nothing wrong with giving you sharp back and being there for people. But you got to realize how often more are you there for people? And we'll say, hey, I'm there for them more than they are for me. That's not what I'm talking about. You know what? You won't really have that conversation. How many times are you there for yourself? Never. Yeah. So how are you going to sit there and tell you somebody else? in? You know what I mean? So right. I kind of hit that point to where it's like, you know what? I'm to blame. That blame shifting, right? People, it's easy to blame a death. Blame this. Blame that. Blame a person. Blame yourself. Look at yourself first. Fix yourself, everything yeah. else, you generally would go into, you know, fix it. Right. So to me, it was self growth. It was a moment of self growth where I realized that, hey, I gotta put myself first, my needs first, but how how can I be good for anybody if I'm not good for myself? And it's so crazy, man. I went through a, I went through a bad breakup. And I was like, now's the time to really just focus on myself. So I focused on myself, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, and financially, which is the four things I hit in my podcast and in life coaching. Okay. And through that was therapy. Mm. Everybody should have therapy. It's nothing to be ashamed about. You know, that's a non biased opinion telling you coming from someone who's a licensed professional that deals with a thousand personalities a day, a week, or however many sessions they yeah. have, right? <clears throat> so he can look at you and automatically know more than you know about yourself by hearing what you do. So therapy helped. And my biggest thing was setting boundaries in my life. And I came to the realization, like, yeah, we had some shitty people in our our lives before, but we put them there.
1: Yep, that's true.
0: And that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow. Sometimes you like, you know, we put them there. We allowed them there. We allowed being vulnerable isn't a bad thing. You should be vulnerable. Be vulnerable to yourself. So, so. Everybody knows like you got, it's the same chemical you get when you do drugs, when you're first in a relationship, man, the dopamine's pumping and you're like, oh man, you oh, yeah. ignore all these red flags, set boundaries. And not just in relationships, that's job, man. Workforce toxic environments is worse than a toxic relationship sometimes.
1: Yeah. You're there, you're at work longer than you yeah. are with your family. Yeah.
0: So you gotta, you gotta sit down and you to you gotta say, okay, what am I willing to accept? And what am I willing not to accept? All right. So that's what I did. And then I started going to the gym. So that was the physical form. Started eating healthier again. You know, so there's the emotional, physical, financially. I started saving some money. I started being like, you know, why am I wasting money on this and that? Invest in yourself. Why Why do we invest in other companies? And investment also, isn't always monetary. That's your time.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Right? So, I mean, that's worth more than money. So I'm not saying working for somebody isn't a bad thing, but we're trained to an employee's mentality, not an employer's mentality. And and that's another conversation for another episode. But I realized all that. I got into a healthy relationship, which allowed me to grow even further because every red flag that I was trained was a red flag. wasn't necessarily a red flag as as to what the instance was. It was more than it was the person that was doing that. So what I mean by that is if you've been in a relationship with someone and they're on Facebook at 2 o'clock in the morning, it doesn't always mean they're cheating means they could just really come to be sleeping or scrolling or posting their business, you know. Right. So, it, it really, it was a self-growth. And then outside of that, man, um, so it was me, myself, a healthy relationship, therapy, fitness, and podcasts like this. So, every day when I would go to the gym, I would turn on a certain individual, and I would listen to him and listen to him and listen to him. And the knowledge from a podcast was so powerful, and then he became a life coach and stuff. And I'm like, man, that's what I want to do. Like, it helped yeah. me. It helped me get on my own way because we're our own worst enemy, and it allowed me to see through that darkness and be like, you know, what? that's what I want to provide to other people.
1: Do you think that would be somebody's like, I guess, closest lifeline? Like, say, let's just say you're you're in a situation where you grew up like really rough, and your environment was toxic. And that's like how you were born. Like that's the, that's the influence you had around you as a child. So you you know as well as I know what you are, are around as a kid and a baby. It kind of wires your brain a certain way. That's right. How you were brought up. So it's not really their fault. To, to when they get a, an adult, they have these like self-limiting beliefs because of how they were raised. So it's really not their fault. But how do you how do you then start rewiring that person? What like w- literally like what's one thing. A person can do that's like at the age of like twenty years old. They've had a rough bringing up. They mm-hmm. they feel like in their heart there's a better way, a better life. But they've had they got their family that's that's going against them. They got their their friends because of how they were raised. They got, you know, I feel like what you just said. A real simple lifeline would be to start surrounding yourself with either people that that are in situations where you desire to be or listening to information like podcasts. I mean, that's some simple stuff. You could start soaking soaking it up. Like no hearing it from other people that there's a there's a better life. There's more opportunities. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I grew up in a pretty normal household. Um it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't bad. So but I do see a lot of people I almost like want it, I want it more for them than they want it from themselves. And it's not really their fault it's just how they were raised and i'm like how do you how would you truly get in there and rewire their brain to see that man life life can be better you know look at look at how you were raised look at who you're dating mm-hmm. look at your family it's like you got everything going against you but how would you what's that tipping point of course i guess the person's got to want it number one but then like what's some realistic strategies they could do to 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 start learning and and and, and like you know, maybe pivoting a little bit to create a better life, and I feel like podcasts and you know, maybe that maybe they don't know anybody personally to hang out with that would be a good influence on them. So that's why I think it's so cool now we do got podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff like that where you can actually hear other people's stories. So I, I i feel I feel for people that's in that situation. I just wanted your opinion on what some like realistic things that that person could do that's in that, in that situation where they they are kind of in a bad gear because of how they were raised. You know, what's, what's that one thing they could do to start truly, truly changing just to have a better life, wherever that be, you know, it could be financially, it could be just whatever.
0: Well, the first thing you got to look at is your environment. Your environment sets your potential. I say on every one of my episodes, your environment could be like you said, your childhood environment, right? And that's where a lot of fixed mindsets come from because you grew up in a, a mill town, farm town or whatever, and you don't think that you can outdo what you, your environment that you've been mm-hmm. in all right same thing with relationships and friends you've got to come to a realization that what it what's cool really isn't that cool all right so the first thing you've got to do I use this frame die to yourself what what that means to me is everything you know everything you've been through get rid of it it's done it's in the past yeah you can't carry it forward okay it's like going hiking and putting a 50 pound 50 pound rock in your backpack and you're carrying that thing over a mountain. But here's the thing, mountains were made to climb, not to carry with you. So why are we doing it? Right. So the first thing is coming to realization of a few things. What makes me happy? What brings me joy? What brings me peace? This list is over here. What does the opposite of that? It could be your own mother. It could be your brother. You're gonna to have to love them from a distance. Okay. You got to die to yourself and everything you know. Take the good and leave the bad behind. Mm-hmm. You have to make commitments to yourself. This is where I want to be six months from now, five years from now, 10 years from now and work backwards. Because if you don't do, if your 10 year goal is this, and you don't work backwards from that, then you're not going to achieve that. Okay. And, um, so, and then say, Hey, you know, I'm a tough person. Some of the excuses they would be, I don't have the resources. Sure. You do. Like you said, the resources are online. Where, where do I start? Here's where you start. So, I think that a lot of people get stuck in that because they don't have that. I don't want to say knowledge; they, they they don't know that they have podcasts they can reach out to. They don't have a therapist. They don't have insurance. They can't afford it. So what what I would tell them, you know, obviously for coming to me, is a lot of this stuff can be fixed on your own because I feel like a majority of it was on mine. But you got to identify yourself. You got to identify yeah. the good and the bad, and you got to leave it behind. And obstacles aren't in the path. Sometimes obstacles are the path.
1: What about people that are in situations where you're in a you're in, you know you're in a bad environment? You don't know mm-hmm. if you're maybe your partner don't know that, but you're ready for change. But let's just throw this one in the loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're you feel trapped because of like financial reasons, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm. Whether it's a marriage or a relationship, boyfriend, you've you've done got a house together, bills. I've been there. I can't, I can't afford to live on my own. I mean, what am I supposed to do? And if I break up with him, he might kick me out. Or if I go get my own place, I can't even sign. I, I can't pass a credit check. That's where people truly feel stuck, and I feel for them.
0: No, I'm I like, do too. And I'm but like, man. At the same time, we got to put blame where blame is deserved. You chose to get in that relationship. You chose to get in that situationship. And I get it. At the beginning, people are one way. People change. Trust me. I've been in both sides of that. Um, I know exactly what you're saying. But <laughs> it all goes back to having a growth mindset. Do not ever. And this is what I try to, you know, my daughter's 23. And I said, babe, look, I want you to always be self-sufficient because I don't want you ever having to make a bad decision based on a relationship. And, and that's, a, that's a big lesson to learn. So create dependency. And honestly, that goes back to parenting. We have to create dependency for our children so they know that when they're 18, they don't have to become dependent. Now, then you have a different situation where someone could have been dependent. They become codependent because someone said, oh, babe, I got you. You're pregnant. Trust me. Blah, blah, blah. Again, once I was young and stupid, okay, I've probably been that guy. Be honest. That's one thing I tell everybody on my episodes. I'll never talk about something that I haven't personally experienced. But for the person that is part of codependency and they don't know the way out, you just got to find the way out.
1: And I'll, I'll speak on Allie, Allie's behalf, my girlfriend. She she t- she tells a little bit about this in one of her previous episodes, but she was in a similar situation. She was in a, a toxic marriage, mm-hmm. stay-at-home mom, two kids. Mm-hmm. She didn't work, didn't have her own source of income. She truly was miserable and felt trapped. Because what are you going to do with two kids with no income? So – she knew she knew she had to ch- find a way. So what, long story short, she mustered up and was able to save up a little bit of pennies here and there, doing some like boot camp type stuff, make a little extra money here and there to to, to, to pay $99 to join a direct sales company. Mm-hmm. 99 bucks is all it took to change her life and open up a whole nother road of freedom and a, and a escape, plan mate, you know, yeah. what you want to call it. so. Yeah. That that's and like I said, she can she can elaborate more on that. But that that was her way, you know. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, that direct sales company created eventually enough income to where she could go out and, and rent a place of her own and get out of that marriage. So
0: it was an opportunity. Like it's good to get to the point where you're hopeless because, but you can't you can't dwell in hopelessness no. because if you get in hopelessness and then you feel there's not a way out. But the good part of getting into hopelessness is the fact that it can drive you right. So. what I would tell somebody that was in that situation, most of the time that situation you just discussed is young adults. Majority of the time, if we were to talk statistically wise, Mm -hmm. the first thing you want to do is is set boundaries in a relationship from day one. This is what I expect. This is what I won't deal with no matter if we have children, you know, no matter what. But I love you. Well, not day one, but like when you get to that (laughs) point, I love you. You love me. So I want to struggle together and I want to shine together but it takes two. So you got to decide, is that person that you're going in that relationship with or in that business relationship with or any of that kind of stuff, right? Are they going to be able to reciprocate what you're able to put in? And can you reciprocate what they can put in? Number one, communication, what we talked about earlier. So don't wait until it's the 11th hour and you can't do anything. (laughs) Like when something bothers you by God, say it, say, look, change your tone, not, that's, I don't deserve that. Yep. Don't let them get in that trend of whether it becomes that or, hey, you know, you scared me a little bit physically-ish. That's how you get angry about this and you threw a phone against the wall, whatever thats because that happened. I don't really like that. What made you that way? Right. Don't come from a point of, I made you, and if they say you did, get out, Yeah. right? Lesson than one, not You know, but they got to work on themselves. So I think a true, strong couple will call each other out on their bullcrap and hold each other accountable, yep. set up guardrails and boundaries. And I don't think there's anything wrong with a daily, yep, if not weekly, accountability thing. Hey, you getting a little outside the guardrail there. Are you good? Yep. So like if that. they still instill that at the very beginning, it can't get out of hand. And that, that's the same thing with life or anything. It's like you as a person, before you get into anything, you should know what you're willing to deal with and not deal with. Love can blind that. That dopamine, all that stuff can blind that. But it's very crucial that, you know, and, and my wife and I was like, hey, this is what we're okay with. This is what we're not okay with. Yeah. And, you know, i learned that through therapy to set those boundaries. Yeah, like, that's cool. You know, my therapist was like, hey, your problem isn't you, but it's you. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, in relationships... You are what we consider a high-valued individual, meaning, you know, you're not better than anybody. You're just above average as far as, like, the way you think, you know, your success, the things you've done in life, et cetera, whatever that might be, right? He's like, but I don't think you've ever been with anyone that's the same way. So what happens is after the whole, oh, I like being with you phase is over, they don't satisfy Or they'll never meet your expectations because you're up here. And I'm not saying anybody's better than anybody. I'm just saying realistically, you're up here like you want to start a business. You want to own a farm, whatever that might be. And they're okay with the nine to five, not going to work, right? So, And then at the same point, things will change. And then they'll be like, man, I'm never going to be able to reach his expectations. So then they don't feel good enough. And it's not that they don't feel good enough. They're just not good enough in that situation.
1: Yeah. And that's
0: honesty and communication eliminates all that.
1: That, and that's why it's ultimately just best to just constantly be trying to be the best version of yourself. You can be because Mm -hmm. whether you're single or in a relationship, because so many people uh, I'll, I'll see where they'll, you know, they'll get in a relationship and then one of them will a year in start trying to become the best person. Like you just said, they'll, they'll elevate, elevate past that person and all of a sudden, that person that's, like, now working on themselves has got all these other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Their mind, their their ideas are flowing. That person down here is still kind of the same. They don't feel as good as good as and it causes a lot of problems in relationships. So, I'm like, if yeah. they had just strived to be the best person they could be before they met each other, they'd be, like, equal or closer to it.
0: Well, relationships got to be teamwork. Just like I feel like you guys are a great example of a power couple. My wife and I are, too. Not everybody's built that way. But you can be your own version of that, right? The opposite works too, where where you're just saying someone gets way up here because they're like thriving, and the other person never does. So then you got a guy or a woman or whoever in a relation in a relationship and in a situation where you're like, man, I'm doing all this, but I'm not really getting much help over here. Mm. You know, I've been in that before in the past, right? And then you have to think, okay, what do I do? Do I am I the bad guy that cuts this off? But I need I need a partner that can yeah. can rise up with me. And that's why I thank God for relationship I'm in mean, now, man, because yeah. we push each other. It doesn't matter if it's working out. It doesn't matter if it's eating healthy, thriving business-wise, parenting. We push each other, and we're on the same page. Well, cool, man.
1: Where where can, the, where can people follow you and keep up with your, your journey? I know we touched on it earlier, yeah. Um, Instagram.
0: Yeah, um, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. It's John Facebook. Robertson,
1: Mindset Reload.
0: It's at the mindset reload at the mindset reload. And you can email the show at podcast at the mindset reload.com. And, um, we are, I am going to start doing, I'm in the process of getting my life coach certificate. You don't have to have it, which is kind of weird, but right. you don't, because yeah. I mean, you're very influential, but, um, I think people who are questionable about, Hey, you know, I need this. Go listen to the podcast. If, if something you get from it, Hit me up. I mean, I'm. it's not trying to be some crazy money maker, but obviously time equals money or I wouldn't be practicing when I preach. See it, brother. You know? Yeah. I mean, we can't do, you can only give out so much free water, you know? That's it. And I do want to help you guys, but I will also not take advantage of that because I once needed it and didn't have the resources. So I think we have um, some plans set up that actually benefit people, and that's the main goal is to change one life. If if our podcast do that, so yeah, hit us up for for you know anything. If there's a discussion you want to hear on a podcast, I'll I'll write a show around it or bring you on as a guest. Um, I have a meeting tomorrow uh, tomorrow with with someone you know that. Cool. It's like man, your your podcast has changed me, man. I'd like to meet up with you and pick your brain on stuff. All right, man, cool. You know, because I needed that from somebody. Yeah. So I want to give back what was given to me, and uh, yeah, you guys can look at us. Look us up at the Mindset Reload on social media platforms. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. All of them. Cool. Yeah, man.
1: Awesome, so, man. Well, John, I, I appreciate you coming on today. I yeah, think that's going to wrap up this this episode. Yeah. and I think we got plenty of ideas where we could probably do an episode number two in the future. Oh, man,
0: I'm, I'm down.
1: You just let me know. All right, brother. We'll, we'll catch you next time. Y'all have a good day. Right. Appreciate y'all. See you. Ya. Thank you for listening to another episode. If you receive any value from the show, please share, subscribe, and give us a rating.